This is Fit Tea, the podcast that spills all the tea on celebrity outfits and style, aka fits. I'm your host, Rachel Tastian. This week, our guest is Laya Garcia, an editor at No Man's Land. She's joining us to discuss Madonna and the elusive and majestic period that began with the release of her 1998 album, Ray of Light. Laya, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And uh, before we hook on Madonna's most iconic ray of light moment, uh, I want to talk about a couple of things in fashion that have happened this week that are very significant. First of all, I want to talk about Justin Bieber's Kith fur coat. Of course, of course. Which is, um, as it turns out, a collaboration with UGG, which we only found out via a press release sent by the powers that be at UGG. And what's so interesting to me about this coat is, first of all, Justin Bieber, all Thanksgiving, was with his family. He had an incredible Instagram post in which he said he was trying to be more like Jesus, which, you know, I think actually Madonna at a certain point was also trying to do that. Um, And I just, like, he wore this coat, this fur coat, to a, a hockey game that he went to with his new wife, Haley Baldwin. And uh, the Daily Mail referred to him as uh, revealing the gigantic size of this coat. How can you reveal the gigantic size of a coat? Well, I think personally it probably just keeps going. I don't don't even think... (laughs) We haven't seen the end of this coat. I think it just keeps continuing on. I hope not. I mean, it has all the makings of being just like one of the most iconic Bieber looks of all time, probably. Because he's so... You know, I think he and Haley make a really good couple because he is, he needs somebody that is like as famous as he is, you know, but she lets him shine. He is the fashion star of that couple. Yeah, he is. And there's the interesting thing about that coat is that it kind of riffs. I mean, it doesn't kind of riff. It totally riffs on the Fendi logo print that is everywhere because we're in the middle of the Fendi renaissance. I tried to portmanteau that, but it wasn't. Fendissance doesn't really yeah, sound right. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, Bieber's like a big kith guy. I guess he's also an Ugg guy. I hope he is. He would look really good in Uggs. I think we're all Ugg people at yeah. heart. Yeah, that's true. Well, we're all celebrities now, and yeah. celebrities are Ugg people. Hey, yo, special announcement, bro. To all the females in New York City, it is officially Uggs. It's the perfect shoe for the celebrity Mm off-duty, as you've noted on Twitter.com. And I guess I would say, tell me if you agree with this, I think all celebrities are now off-duty. Oh, that's true. Wow. (laughs) Yes. Dropping knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So the second thing that I'd like to talk about as another major moment, is that Amanda Bynes also having a renaissance. Incredible. Fendi and Amanda Bynes. And she, you know, she was one of the kind of like troubled female celebrities of, well, she was in the second wave, right, after like Lindsay and Britney. Yeah, because this was like the mid to late 2000s. Right. When Twitter was like really popping off. Um And she really, like, dressed down for this cover. And I'm wondering what you think about, like, one, her dress-down cover, and two, like, this kind of phenomenon of a female celebrity, you know, sort of reimagining her image by dressing down. I actually really loved her outfit. 
I have to say, when I first saw the cover, I thought it was Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Um, it's like a nice pair like, of, oh. like, they're not Levi's. They're, like, bless or, like, really cool, G- yeah. like, frame or and something. And she's wearing Dree's boots. Yeah. And, like, a jacket. And it's very, it's not, it's, like, a different way of doing the regular T-shirt barefoot, like, I'm just a natural woman kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's very, like... It's very '90s, like Princess Diana kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and very interesting choice. Yeah, it also reminded me of Ellen's um, time cover. Was oh. it Time or People? Where it she was came time. out? Yep, and I'm she gay. Was, yeah, yep, I'm gay, and she was wearing Gucci loafers. I mean, that's that was the proof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we knew it then. We didn't. But even then, inside that uh, in that Amanda profile, she's wearing like. Uh, like an Egg House Lada turtleneck. Right. Under her own... Design. Jeweled top. Yeah. And the jeweled top, I feel like if you didn't have the kooky Egg House Lada underneath it, the jeweled top would say something totally different. Yeah, it's a very going out top. It is, it is. And you know, Amelia Petrarca, who will just, you know, this pod hasn't launched yet, but we're going to say she's a friend of the pod. (laughs) Um, she wrote that fantastic piece about the end of the going out top. And I'm now wondering, you know, like, is Amanda Bynes going to be able to bring it back? You know, I think it's time for it to have a renaissance. Yeah. Absolutely. This is really a podcast about renaissance. I think so. I mean, this is the first episode, (laughs) but I think you'll find yourself coming back to this subject again and again. (laughs) And then, of course, the last big moment, I think, in celebrity dressing this week is Cardi B in this incredible Balenciaga fall 2018 look. My goddess. I mean, I just think, like, I first of all, I'm really excited about it just because I think people are getting dressed at a level that they never have been before in history. And this Cardi B outfit is absolutely proof of that. Like, it is just so, like... It's clear that she had so much fun picking that outfit out. And she was like, okay, now I have to pose in this outfit in with this iconic, bizarre vase behind her. I mean, she's just obviously having the time of her life getting dressed, which is, like, so cool. Yeah, I think the look was amazing, absolutely, no doubt. But also the picture and the setting and the colors and that mm-hmm. vase or whatever, mm-hmm. it was a very Tumblr... Yes. Thousand reblog aesthetic, like I don't know. I feel like there's like a new thing. It's like very Y two. It feels very like Y two K vibey. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of futuristic. Mm-hmm. It's kind of off. But I just love that she goes into fashion like so hard. Like she's not trying to be sexy all the time. She's just like whatever the mood strikes her, and she will do the full on fashion look. And that's one of the many bajillion reasons why I adore her. Mm-hmm. But that picture specifically, like whoever art directed her little like Instagram shot, deserves money. Yeah, money and an Academy Award, even though it's not a moving picture. They should give awards to pictures. I know. I really think so. I mean, like, I think Instagrams are way more important than, like, movies that are in theaters, except for maybe A Star is Born. But that really is, that movie is a total Instagram. I haven't seen it yet. That's okay. I'll probably watch it on a plane one day. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So let's move on to what brought you here today. I'm ready. So 
you know, I asked Laya, who is the celebrity that you want to talk to or want to talk about most? <laughs> that may not be the answer. <laughs> I asked Laya, you know, who's the celebrity who, you know, whose style you really want to dig into for this episode? And, of course, we discussed the Olsen twins, which is funny because every single person I've reached out to about this show has told me they want to talk about the Olsen yeah. twins. But that's why I was like, of course the Olsons, but then yes. here are some, like, yes. real suggestions. <laughs> and so Madonna herself, my personal Madonna, Laya Garcia, said <laughs> that she would like to talk about Madonna's ray of light period. And tell us in just a few words why she captured your heart. I think... I was always a Madonna fan. My mom was a big Madonna fan. Like, I remember, uh, you know, cleaning the weekends and we play, like, Immaculate Collection and my mom would, like, do the choreography to Vogue and the living room. Like, it was a very big thing. But Ray of Light was, like, my first Madonna that was, like, mine. Mm-hmm. How old were you when it came out? I was 14, mm-hmm. right? 98? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was 14, and obviously, like, I love Madonna, but this was, like, like I bought the Ray of Light record, and that was, like, my record, not my mom's record. Mm-hmm. And Frozen was the first video, and how could you not die yeah. at that yeah. video? So the Frozen video, for those whose minds don't, you know, replay all Madonna music <laughs> videos on a loop, um, the Frozen video was, it was the lead single. Mm-hmm. She's in the desert, and she's wearing a black cloak, which Lai and I have figured out is, a, it's an Olivia Taskins cloak. And she's sort of, like, disappearing within this, cl- I mean, there, there, there is some kind of, uh, like, CGI yes. or special effects where she is disappearing like a magic trick in and out of this uh, cloak to this very kind of bizarre for Madonna and even for pop music at this point, like new agey, yeah. vibey. It's very dark. Yeah. It's like in the desert at night, there's like a black Doberman mm-hmm. who is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, like a stallion. Scene. Yeah, like he looks at the camera at one scene and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. And then <laughs> another point... <laughs> She becomes birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, and there's like multiple Madonnas. And at this point, her hands have all the Mendy and stuff because mm-hmm. this is the beginning of her spiritual period. Yeah. So let's talk about, first of all, what Madonna was doing before this that kind of like led to this reimagining of her persona. Because, of course, Madonna is celebrated as a pop star for being someone who's constantly pivoting you know, and playing with her identity and her, her aesthetic, really. But there were some interesting things that led up to this period, which a lot of people, are, you know, in this room, meaning you and I, <laughs> would say was probably like her biggest or like most shocking kind of makeover. So prior to this, you know, she has a daughter. So that's one thing. Yes. And Lourdes, a.k.a. Lola. Mm-hmm. And so now she's a mother. And as, as you know, as many people know, like when you have, I think often when pop stars or when actresses give birth, that's kind of a moment of maturation in a certain way. And also she turned 40 mm-hmm. right that year, which yeah. is, you know, life starts at 40 is what I've heard. 
Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Madonna's really showing us the way. <laughs> so she has these kind of like natural life changes. But in addition to that, she's had like some sort of tepidly received music. So tell us about that. It was like the lowest, you know, since Madonna came out, I feel like she was just up, 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 up. Yeah. We all know that. Not like I feel like. Like it's my personal yeah. opinion. Yeah. No, we all know. Um, and then she put out Erotica in the like record. 93, 94? <sighs> Something around that. Let's time. say yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, let's say that about that. And she put out the sex book. Right. Which were the two first things she put out when she started her like Maverick uh media company. company. Yeah. And those, you know, people were not ready for all of that sex. Mm-hmm. Remember? Because it was like bondage. Yeah. Women. Yeah. And the book was metal and yeah. there was just really I mean it's funny because I actually I have it. <gasps> you do? Yeah, I oh do. my god. I've actually started like I've looked for it every once in a while, but it's well, yeah. you you can come the next time I you're over at my house. We can look at it, but it's uh, it's incredible because it's like having looked at a lot of Maplethorpe photographs. This is nothing. <laughs> like there's not. I mean, at one point, like like no one is really. From what I can remember, there's no penetrative sex, um, and I think there are just some like really kind of, um, like I don't aggressive is the wrong word because. It, it's it's just energetic and kind of like uh, sleek, like sexually driven scenes. But were there horses? There were horses. Yeah, yeah. My two favorite <laughs> things from this era are uh, this is when she went on Saturday Night Live, and she appeared on this Wayne's World sketch. Yeah, where they go into like this fantasy where they're in a black, like it turns black and white, and they're in mm-hmm. Madonna's hotel room. They start playing Truth or Dare. Okay, okay, Madonna. Okay, okay, okay. Truth or Dare. Dare. Okay. I dare you to make out with me. Okay, Wayne. Excellent. And it keeps cutting to like all of the, you know, in the erotica video, there's all these like characters dancing Mm -hmm, in like hallways. And then it turns and one of them is Garth. It's Garth. Oh my God. And like the black unitard. Yeah. She's like, check out the unit on that guy. (laughs) Um, Which is a moment that I love. But people did not like her (laughs) checking out the unit on that guy. So she was like experiencing the lowest lows of her career. Like she didn't know that she could fail this way. And then she had that movie Body of Evidence mm-hmm. that nobody liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had, she put out two records in between this and Ray of Light, I think. So there's a something to remember, which was all ballads to show her softer side. Right. Which is actually something a lot of, like Lady Gaga did a similar thing in yeah. her Tony Bennett album. And I, it's funny because I love those songs, but I didn't never, I was like, I don't know which album these are on because I don't think I knew about that album like existing. Mm-hmm. And then Bedtime Stories, which is one of my favorite albums. But I feel like, again, it was like fine, but it wasn't at the, it didn't go to the height that she was used to. Yeah. So all of these things happened mm-hmm. and then she like did Ray of Light. Yeah. And it's the one thing before Ray of Light that is probably only significant to me is that she, well, you start, I guess you would say she starts to see her, how to make herself like more serious and adult in an appealing way by doing Evita. Yes. So she stars in the like 
movie version of Evita, which is somewhat surprising because her voice is, you know, it's not, let's just say it's not her strongest yes. suit. Which she knew. Yes. And she took, she started taking singing lessons mm-hmm. right before Evita mm-hmm. because people kept saying that she didn't have a strong singing voice. Which is interesting because Ray of Light, one of the reasons why it was so well received is because her voice sounds so great on it. So she has all of those things. And then she begins to do some sort of like, I guess what you might call self-care in that she begins to practice yoga. Do you want to tell us more about that? She is at the root of this like yoga goopy Mm -hmm. situation as you, we talked about this before that like Gwyneth Paltrow, wait, what did you say about Gwyneth She and Gwyneth Paltrow became friends at this point and they would work out together. Yes. Okay. So in the, so she started getting, oh wait, Sandra Bernhardt got her into yoga. Is that what we... She got her into Kabbalah, Into Kabbalah. But I think she also got her into yoga because I was reading the Ingrid Sishi profile Mm -hmm. um, on Vanity Fair that came out right before Ray of Light where it's like it's her and Lola and it's like the debut of the baby and it's like incredible. So she has this spiritual reawakening because now she's like, oh, I've had this baby and nothing matters, and I was selfish before, and now I'm like a whole person, so she's, you know, finding herself. But in this profile, uh, they talk about how she does yoga with uh, Ingrid Casares. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her last name, but do you remember her? She's, like, French, mm-hmm. and they were, like, maybe lovers at mm-hmm. some point. There were some, like, saucy pictures of them, I think. Not, like, right. saucy, but, like, friendly. Let's Moody. say friendly. Yeah. yeah, just, like, a vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But another thing, uh, I only brought this up because Gwyneth Paltrow, in the profile, uh, Ingrid is like, Gwyneth Paltrow has mentioned that she likes the song Drowned World, like, at a party. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ingrid always has the intel. <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, so it was, a, it was like the beginning of this, you know, it's 98. It's Y2K is like in on, the the horizon. Hor- on the horizon. And I think it was, uh, you know, people are like, much like we are now, the world might end. So let's just like take care of ourselves and and live our best lives. Mm -hmm. So for this album, she wanted to make kind of a dance electronica album in a way that she hadn't done before. Obviously, her music had always been pop music, but she really wanted to make something that kind of basically infused like what was happening in England, like in the rave and like club scene with like her interest in new age spirituality and Kabbalah, because that's definitely, I mean, there is something kind of like fancy Enya about Frozen, for Very example. fancy Enya. Ugh. I, yes. <laughs> so she starts working with William Orbit, who's like a big electronica producer in England. And we should also mention, of course, that as a as a result of this, she does begin speaking in a sort of like proto-British accent. Um, and so her music like just begins to take on this totally different luster. So let's talk specifically about the song Ray of Light. I think it's almost impossible to talk about that song without talking about the video. Yeah. Because I'm sure that that song like premiered on TRL and mm-hmm. that's how I like watched it. But this video is so 
perfect for the song. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, I feel like I just got home. And she and the video is just like moving fast through like all of these like commuters. Commuters and apparently the video took very long to film because they literally shot like it's supposed to be a day in the life of the world. And they literally went around shooting like I don't know, a second or a minute or something like in all these places. And the video took like months to shoot, even though it's because she goes really hard on all her music videos. Mm -hmm. But that video is so important because of the dancing. Mm -hmm. And then it's totally a 180 from the Frozen vibe. Right. Right, because Frozen is so... So whereas Frozen is this kind of like dark and goth video where everything moves like, kind of slowly and I and several actually of the uh segments are are slowed down like uh the ray of light video is sped up it's sped up yeah so it's a lot of time lapse photography and her I'm not sure what exactly the term is for the like way that she moves but yeah. she's kind of like bouncing I can't to tell the, if it's sped up or not yeah I don't know I was watching it earlier and I couldn't figure out if she was sped up or if it was the camera doing something because mm-hmm. some of the movements look so cartoony, mm-hmm. but then she will go seamlessly into like normal mm-hmm. movements. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when she debuted the look yes. that would carry her through most of this era and then into like the, I think the next record also counts yeah. sort of as an extension of right. Array of Light. So she's wearing like all denim. Right? Yes. And she's got her, like, just kind of her um, belly is exposed because she has the front of her... Yeah, it's like the... It's like a shrunken denim jacket Mm -hmm. and the button, like, the last two buttons are unbuttoned. Yeah, so you can see her belly button. And she has a really different hairstyle. Yeah. Which is, like, sounds kind of boring, but actually, like, Madonna's hair has always been very similar. It's always been this Marilyn Monroe, you know, very bleach blonde and suddenly we see her with this very earthy long caramel wavy hair she's got a couple of like pieces are braided and it's again this very kind of like new age um i mean i guess she would be like the first rich new age celebrity absolutely she's like the face of that movement yeah and she was doing uh yeah it was like very renaissance Mm -hmm. um and she's doing the braids she's putting the crystals in her hair which was like a big thing in the late 90s she's wearing no makeup no lipstick and her hair is like caramel gold Mm -hmm. and it's just like very refreshed and you know she always has it like red kabbalah Mm -hmm. string bracelet yeah um but then at the end of that video she's just like in the tank top dancing at the club yeah So it was still, like, I think that that video was sort of being, like, there's a new me, but I'm still, like, we'll dance and party Mm -hmm. and casually show my nipples um, as you're used to. Yeah. Yeah, actually, the nipples in the tank top was another major look for her. Yes. Because as we start to see her, you know, um, in addition to the music videos, she just begins wearing a lot of these like simple kind of ribbed t-shirts, a lot of denim. Um, you know, y- you were showing me a picture of her in some like incre- like crystal embellished yeah. jeans that we think are Gucci. At the, ga- uh, the Grammys, at the Grammys. Yeah. yeah, she was wearing the tank top, the Gucci like embellished waistband mm-hmm. pants. 
And this is this is a moment, of course, where um, Helmut Lang, Gucci, and even like Margiela um, and McQueen are really making denim like a premium luxury thing. You know, I know that we think of like Seven for All Mankind and Joe Jeans and all those sorts yeah. of brands. Salt and Pepper in the 2000s is doing that. But this is like really the big moment where like these huge luxury houses are making denim that costs, you know, like upwards of $300. And she was like really riding that wave yeah. at this point with like just a tank top and no bra. Yeah. It was very, yeah, it was very casual. And then it was also, so she was doing like two looks at this time. She was doing the sort of ethereal, blonde. Uh, Earth mother. Earth mother thing. And then she was also doing this very sort of aggressive, uh, definitely would now be considered problematic, like Japanese vibe that mm-hmm. she did in the Nothing Really Matters video, which is such a good video. She's wearing the like Gautier red kimono Mm -hmm. and so her head is like very strict bob black red lips i think she has some like pink blush or eyeshadow thing so she that is a look that she like she was wearing that at the grammys with the tanked up and the pants so she's Mm -hmm. like doing this sort of two personalities which is really interesting and i read that she you know that the nothing really matters video it's like she's a geisha um, and she was like, she talks about how she was inspired by it because they're so beautiful, but they're also not free. So she is, you know, I think her wearing that to the Grammys says something. And then she has like the ethereal looks. And then she has that other video that got banned, I think, mm-hmm. for Drowned World where she right. was like being followed by paparazzi. Right, because <laughs> it bared too much similarity to the death of Princess Diana. But, you know, it's just a day in her life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's really playing with sort of what the public, I think, sees her and then, like, the new her. Right. And I think that's what makes the whole, like, era so interesting. Yeah. And I wonder if, like, you know, how do you think that this shifted celebrity at this point? I mean, to me, like, it's interesting to see that. You can definitely see that... that her that this album was influential like in that period because I think it sort of um popularized that sort of Brit pop style um and brought el- electronica music into the United States maybe in a way that it hadn't been before. I mean I'm sure that she's not the only person who's responsible for that, but I think it's fair to it say was that a, she Yeah, was, it was like a wave. Yeah. But I wonder as well, like, you know, you can really see the um like the way in which her public image at this point, this sort of, you know, spiritual kind of natural earth mother thing, you can see that like in like that imprint on Gwyneth Paltrow, for example. I mean, she wore that, remember when she wore that ruched black dress uh, that you could totally see through with no bra? Where? And she had a sag situation. I think it was, I think it was uh, to the Oscars the year after she won for Shakespeare in Love. Oh, okay. Um, which was, I think it was particularly noticeable because she'd worn that pristine pink Ralph Lauren the year before. Um, But you also see that, you know, in Jennifer Aniston and in Brad Pitt as kind of like this, you know, moving towards Y2K and, and as you were saying, like feeling these like kind of coming to terms with your mortality and becoming like more spiritual in a certain way. Yeah, I remember this was a time where there was like a lot of feathers. Mm-hmm. Like Gucci, like Tom Ford did that like feathered embroidered collection. 
And then it was all of the sort of weird nature hippie situations were like juxtaposed also with the fact that it was so tech heavy like the internet we had internet but it wasn't the kind of internet that like we have now and even in like the nothing really matters video uh there is a part where there's all of these like japanese dancers yes cultural appropriation blah 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 like it's good um and they're all wearing like all white and like those backpacks that only have like one strap across yeah. because they're so like and that was future. such a it was such that was such a the like we were so into the future in the late nineties mm-hmm. or like this version of it. I think it kind of primed people to like something like Eiffel sixty five, which oh God, came yeah. out a year or two after that. Um, there were a couple of other techno songs that I mean the Venga Boys were, I mean bad stuff yeah, yeah but things that really were like. Uh, like cl- club music from London and like Ibiza. I feel like Ibiza. when when did Air come out? Air came out shortly around right. that yeah, same time. Around like that it's same very. Time. We were just very into that electronic, vibey, vibey mm-hmm. situation. It also makes me think, you know, um, like the bittersweet symphony music video oh, to yeah. me feels very similar. That kind of like, I'm on an average city street, but like I'm showing it to you in a kind of twisted artistic yeah. way. Um, I mean, that's a very British thing, I think. But Yeah. And also, uh, you know, there's that weird blue hue of videos around mm-hmm. that time. And uh, which I think bittersweet symphony definitely was very cold as they say in the business i'm sure and then madonna's other video the power of goodbye where she's like playing chess with an with the act with some like serbian actor right whose name i cannot it's like voran gushnevic i actually yeah. don't know if that's his name sure <laughs> anyway uh it's all just like a blue t- it's all a blue tint i didn't like that yeah. song or that video i didn't really i don't even think i've seen it it's before yeah but the blue hue, I remember. Right. I like that. Yeah. And then she walks into the ocean at the end. Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> I don't know how related this is. I think it just feeds into that aesthetic. Are those Gap ads from the year after the album came out, from 1999, where it's just people sitting or standing, and it's a long pan across yeah. all of these people who are singing a cappella versions of different 80s songs in a really kind of almost monotone, super overly refined, stripped-down way. And you can see, like, the clothing that they're wearing is very similar to, like, a lot of what, you know, it's the mall version of sort of what she's wearing at that point. Full disclosure, I worked at Gap Mm -hmm. uh, around that time. You fell into Gap. Actually, I worked at Gap Kids. That was my first job. Um, But I remember, I don't know, like, I still have some of the stuff that I bought then, even though it's, like, 20 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was just cool. Even though it was basic, it was cool. And I don't think that they've, like, been able to capture that since. Yeah, they should get Madonna to be their creative director. They should get me to be their creative director. Yeah. Well, as I said at the beginning <laughs> of the pod, you're my Madonna. <laughs> but, um, and then she continued that whole, like, going on your Gap vibe, All-American, like, her next record where she's a cowgirl. Mm-hmm. Um, where she does that 
exquisite Don't Tell Me video. Right. Where she's dancing with the horses and all this stuff. Right. I mean, it's so interesting how, like, Madonna really, like, sets a wardrobe or a style or a vision for each of these periods and works within it. Because you see in that record, which is music, Mm -hmm. she, the first single off of the lead single is music and that is of course that fabulous and it really is fabulous, fabulous. music video where she's in the back of a stretch limousine wearing a big white fur coat and people are coming in and out and I think she maybe has a gold tooth she absolutely has a gold tooth and she's wearing a cowboy hat um and it's funny because the song is so simplistic it's like almost like I remember there's like, I don't remember who it was that said this. Maybe it was Lester Bangs who said that that Roadrunner song by the Modern Lovers is like so stupid that it's genius. This is one of those songs yeah. that's also so stupid it's genius. And this music video is so simple, but it's about music, which is it's hilarious. So like it's it's the greatest, I guess it's ekphrasis of, of all time. And then that was also a very 2000, I feel like that was like, we survive Y2K, so now we're like partying the right. limo with strippers. Right. And it was amazing. It was really amazing. Yeah. And then she carries it over into this very dressed down, again, doing this kind of duality thing, where the second, um, you know, the second video from that album is Don't Ever Tell Me to Stop. Yeah. And it's her walking, there's a screen behind her that's like, you know, the Great West, and she's walking on like a moving or a rotating sidewalk, essentially like a treadmill embedded in the ground and wearing this cowboy boot, super simple plaid shirt, big buckle belt, and a pair of boot-cut jeans. Yeah, and she's just doing, I mean, the dance scenes in that video are, they're so like, they're synchronized with the background. Yeah. It's so good. But I think there's also, because you know, remember this was around the time she recorded the cover of American Pie? Yeah. For a movie? Yes. I don't remember which movie Okay, I looked this up. I believe this is the movie that she did with uh, Rupert Everett. Rupert Everett, where they were Best friends. Best friends. And she has his baby and Mm -hmm. he's gay because it was Rupert Everett in the 90s or the early 2000s. But here's a crazy thing. That movie had second place to the whole nine yards. (laughs) The Matthew Perry movie with With Bruce Bruce Willis. Willis? Like what? Wow. It's a little bit... bit of like history for you yeah i was like oh okay and but then she was really soundtracks were huge at that time but she did american pie she did also very good song beautiful stranger for the austin power soundtrack yes that was amazing another fabulous music video where she's wearing a super simple yeah um outfit i think she's wearing capri pants she is she's i think they're stella mccartney she's wearing their like kind of flared they're they're like a kind of a flare they're cropped they're uh like gray pinstripe Yeah. I actually... That was a moment. Yeah. And she's wearing a tank top. Yeah. And I bought um, a pair of gray pinstripe cropped pants at The Gap because of that video. I'm sure we all... Like, that was an absolute moment. And she's doing a sexy dance in in these, like, business casual pants and a tank top, and Austin Powers is, like, pawing at the ground and, like, screaming. But it's like a 60s song. Yeah. I mean... Wow. So good. Yeah. She did it all first. She really did. And then it's just, you know, I mean, I love her forever, but I don't know. That was, those were truly the great days. I mean, I think Confessions on the Dance Floor is like another good record, but Mm -hmm. I think 
but there was that weird record in between mm-hmm. where she sang about doing yoga and Pilates and the room was full of hotties. Yeah. That I've never been able to scrub from my brain. Right. But I think like she wrote, she wrote it all the way. Yeah. She also made out with Brittany and Christina. Yeah, I pretend that never happened. Okay, well, we can cut well, that out. It's of the like, it's so sad because it's like that was a time, I feel like her whole career, she was really just, or her whole career up until then, she was really just like doing her own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the first time that it showed that she was concerned about the younger people. And it was such like a very like, I'm. I'm a I'm a cool mom. <laughs> and it was like, oh my God. Like I think I like at the time I watched it once and the secondhand embarrassment I felt was so intense that I was like, I can't ever engage with this content again. And I haven't <laughs> until right now. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought you to a dark place. It's just so like, oh why? <laughs> 